0: Mitch, what's up, brother? I just set up the recording. You ready to go?
1: You. How's
0: everything going in your right, man? I'm
1: going to turn up my volume a little bit here.
0: It's always something with the volume.
1: <laughs> right? Nah, you know what? I actually had it down. Uh, my system audio is down super low from. Uh, I do a, a little radio show uh, primarily uh, on cryptocurrency and stuff. And yep. for some reason, I'm always having to lower my uh, system audio. Uh, otherwise, my guest is like crazy loud. <laughs>
0: so is you're in a cryptocurrency
1: now uh yeah that's my other the other thing that takes up all my time uh since 2016 i started messing with crypto yeah yeah no i'm pretty involved i got uh, probably a dozen different coins uh i post daily uh on this one crypto uh like blogging site um and uh what else I got the radio show and uh, I'm involved in just like a few other things with the crypto projects. So uh, yeah, it's tough to uh, try and be full-time real estate, full-time crypto uh, and, and find some time for my girlfriend all at the same time.
0: And you, and you keep a relationship.
1: <laughs> I don't, I'm struggling.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you, bro. I don't want to, I don't advertise that, but yeah, I hear you.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's, it's being an entrepreneur is definitely a lot easier when you're single, but.
0: Dude, all day. And I, I don't want to, so, because other people are going to watch this. I don't want to encourage that mindset.
1: <laughs> this is just our broken. Don't record yet.
0: <laughs> There's just a very, very specific partner who can handle the hustle. Like, that's all it is.
1: It's true. And like, I mean, my girl's super understanding, even though she's not used to it. So I, I can't complain. But at the same time, still, you know how it is. As an entrepreneur, it's just like, it's like 24-7. It's just like, you don't feel like you're working because you love what you do. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's like uh, something happens at 11 o'clock at your night. It's like, I'm game. Let's go. What? There's a real estate deal. Let's do it.
0: Dude, fire me up. Let's do
1: it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. know, <laughs> no, man. Yeah. I was actually in Chicago uh, a week and a half ago on vacation and it just happened to be like two deals popped up and I'm walking around Chicago with my girl, like on my phone. And I'm like, I felt bad, but I'm like, real estate never sleeps.
0: No, and in those moments, like, cause people text us at the at the moment where it's like, if we don't respond, then in the morning they send it to somebody else. Yeah. So it's like that nine o'clock text or that ten o'clock text. It's like they're at a point where they're like, "Yo, hey, this just happened." Or this person's desperate. Like, you gotta run this. Yeah, sign me up. Like, I'm taking it.
1: True story. Because I mean, literally, like, I put uh, I put a full price offer in on a, fa- a four family, you know, up up in Massachusetts, and. Offers were due by three. Uh, I talked them into giving us till the end of the day. We finally got to submit it at like 7 p.m. Yeah. And then they ended up taking a different offer because someone offered like way above asking. And I'm just like, oh, this yeah. is crazy. Like, I'm like, those numbers don't even work. Like, I was pressing at full price.
0: Yeah. It's sometimes, especially mass, right? Like it's so inflated up here. And especially around the Boston market. What city was it in? Do you remember?
1: Uh it's in Worcester County. Everything I'm doing is in uh, Worcester County, uh, mm-hmm. which is funny that I, you know, n- I know to say Worcester, even though I'll always argue that it's not pronounced that way. I'm like, it's not spelled Worcester. Yeah, That's it's not right. even close
0: to spelled that way. Oh, let me mute this uh, chat over here.
1: Yeah, you're getting blown up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's funny. Um, everyone's, you know, particular to their local market. And it's just like how you feel about your market. It's exactly how I feel about the Florida market. I mean, the reason huh. that I'm investing up in Worcester is because you know, I got a partner that lives not far from the area and it's just like, well, everything in Florida is so inflated that, so I sold a couple properties down here to book those gains because everything like the price appreciation down here has been crazy. Yep. So I was like, let me lock that in and I'll go somewhere where the price is a little more, you know, stable. You don't get much, you know, appreciation, depreciation. And, you know, yep. I was going to go Midwest, but then, you know, my buddy hit me up and I'm like, all right, middle of Massachusetts isn't too crazy. You know, I was looking yep. at some towns and I'm like, all right, the prices don't swing huge. You know, as yeah. opposed to like Boston, right? Um, so uh, yeah, so you know, trying to basically just pick up re- rehab projects there and uh, you know create value. You know how it is, find them beat up, add the value, rent them out, refi yep. out. You know, like they say on bigger pockets, the good old burr method.
0: Burr, yep. So, Buy, renovate, refinance, repeat. Whatever. I feel like
1: I was burring before, yeah. Before burr was a term.
0: Yeah, it's the only thing that makes sense. You know, I used to call it uh, a hybrid strategy because we'd try to hold them for a year or two before we'd sell them for something else. Yeah, you know, but the idea is, yeah, we're flipping, but we're also cash flowing and we're not yep. paying capital gains. Like yep. it's, well, we're not paying income tax, we're paying capital gains or 1031ing. It's like this really great hybrid strategy. So um, when did you start doing that? Like what was your first purchase? And then when did you realize, uh, I got to change so... this.
1: I probably started, and I wish I would have started when I wanted to. But yeah. I started probably a good three, four years after I won, uh, I probably first was interested because I was actually a full-time day trader. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna make millions trading uh, equities every day, and I did that from, uh, for the most part, from 2008 to 2013. Uh, there was a little break in, yeah. There a little break in between. Yeah, 2008 was a good time to learn how to day trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Had I known what I know now, <laughs> I short and hold, yep, but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I could tell stories days about about that, but um, yep. yeah, so in 2013, I finally bought my first property, um, okay. and uh, pretty much been doing it since. Uh, and ironically, my first property I sort of stumbled into because like I was always. Financial background, you know, I have an economics degree. I worked in corporate finance. I day traded. So I was literally at my buddy's house watching football with him one day, and his dad was there. And the house he was living in was actually getting foreclosed on because the landlord wasn't paying the mortgage.
0: Where were you living at the time? Was this Florida?
1: This is Florida. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been in Florida now 15 years. I'm originally from New York, which most people probably heard the accent already. Yeah, uh,
0: they're already pissed off. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, your local audience. Nope. Yep. <laughs> So I actually went to college in Massachusetts for a year, and I remember literally getting to arguments with people about they would make fun of my New York accent, and they had a Boston accent. And I'm like, really? Like, yeah, but,
0: but we li- we like love the Red Sox, and you like that that other team, the Blue.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, another team. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> just say I like both other teams in in both major sports. So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, Phil for my partner, because he's like the hugest uh, Jets fan ever, and he like lives in Patriot Land. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you survive, but. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah. uh, it so, interesting though. But uh, long story short, so uh, I literally asked my buddy's dad, I'm like, if I can find, because he was living in a three bedroom house, I'm like, if I can find a three bedroom place and rent it to you for the same price you're paying now, you know, would you want to rent it from me? It's like hundred percent. So that's literally how I started doing rental properties. My first rental property was actually pretty much turnkey because it was like, it was a, it was a retail property, you know, it was something you would buy as a new home. I actually lived in it for the first few months. Yep. Um, and then my friend's dad moved into it and, uh, he actually ended up living there for five years, wow. which, yeah, which I knew he would, he would stay there the whole time. Um, yeah. he wanted to stay longer. I basically booted him because I was like, listen, it's time to sell. Right. So, um, that was the first yep. property I sold. in Actually, I'm sorry. There was the second one I sold in Florida. Um, yep. but I just sold that, um, oh, last and, year. Early this year, actually. Early this year. Yep. Yeah. So he was in it for like five and change by the time I sold it. I owned it for almost six years. Um, made a pretty penny on that and basically have plowed all that money uh, up into the projects in Massachusetts. So, yeah. uh, which has been interesting because my partner, um, even though he has experience like renovating bathrooms and things like that, like he hasn't had experience investing or doing his own project. Gotcha. So it's been, it's been a learning uh, experience for him, which is good though. Um, you know, learn it all in the first one, but it's also uh, taking a bit longer, the first project, and also cost a little more than you expect. Yeah. You know how that goes. I tell everyone, I'm like, what's your budget? 60? Yep. All right, make it 70.
0: Right. You just assume then, that this is going to suck more than I thought it was going to suck. Right.
1: <laughs> and then and then, if you happen to, if it happens to be 70, then you're excited because it'll probably yep. be more.
0: It's a win, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, the bottom line is like always just assume you're going to spend 10K more.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, It gets bigger as the projects get bigger, right? Yeah. It it goes with, with time. Um, so it's interesting, like your story, accounting background, right? Um, You saw all the other prices happening around and you said, I've got to, I've got to do something. A lot of the investors that I know who are doing really well, it was all around the same time or they have the accounting background, right? Like, so for me, I worked in finance. Yeah. Yeah. It's And some of the big guys that own Boston were accountants or worked in finance. And that was, yeah, arguably, I mean, I bought my first house in 08, but my first multi was in 13. You know, we it was kind of, you know, very similar. We were probably thinking the same things. And although you day traded for a living, I was day trading, you know, between 12 and 1 on my lunch. (laughs) Uh,
1: As was everyone else, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was. Everybody was in it doing it. But again, it was was at the bottom of the market and it was like, I could have just bought everything and held it and done well. You know, the same thing you just said.
1: Well, and that's the thing too, because what I look at now and it's just like, I almost had to like uh, digest it because uh, I guess sometimes I have too much pride, but it's like, I look at a lot of people selling now and it's people that bought in 08, 09, even 2010, and they're literally selling for 3x what they bought it for, you know, I'm just like, so then I was like, and then, you know, you make offers and you're like, guy, I understand that you think you can get this price and maybe you can. I was like, but it doesn't cash flow for me. So, like, how about you just take your huge profit that's two and a half times instead of three, you get your right. money, I have a cash flowing property, win-win, but, right. you know, greed, yeah greed thing. And I mean, listen, if they can get it, more power to them. And, and and the thing is, you probably see it, people are overpaying in my opinion.
0: Yeah, all over the place, all over the yeah. place. Like, right now the market is when I started, I was the same as you too. Like I was buying on MLS. It was easy. Like literally anything I, I shot at was a great deal. Yep.
1: It was simple. Miss those days.
0: Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> and even last year I bought nothing. I went the whole year. I actually sold a lot of property last year and this year I'm buying uh, 21 condos, but only because the deal is phenomenal. The deal okay? is phenomenal. It makes a ton awesome. of sense. And like, We've I've had some opportunity now because I've gotten into wholesaling. I've gotten into really building out a team and getting people bringing leads in. And I, I want to switch over. Like, what are you doing in that regards? Because before, yeah, we just buy whatever, and it all we made sure cash flow, but it all cash flow. Yeah. Everything made sense. Yeah. And now, like you're saying, like it's like yeah, they like they want this. They can get this. And you want this because this makes sense still. What are you doing? In that, in that middle ground. What are you doing to make
1: that work? Yeah, well, it's funny too. Isn't there, like, you know, the reason they can get this is because basically everyone and their brother now is a real estate investor. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, it reminds me of basically day trading in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like everyone was a day trader crushing it. Your cab driver was making crazy money you know, day trading. It's like everyone and their brother now is a real estate investor. Like literally that alone makes me want to just sell everything and just sit <laughs> on the sideline for two years. It's always the, it's, it's literally in any kind of market, it always seems to be the, like, the key indicator of the top. When everyone and their brother's doing it, it's time to get out of Dodge. Yeah. But um, that's one of the reasons I love, I love rental properties though, is because it doesn't matter what market we're in. If the property cash flows, you're golden. That's it. And on holding it, who cares if the market's at the top, bottom, middle, because you're collecting your cash flow, you're getting principal pay down. So, and that's also why I believe in buying with some equity. Like, right. I generally like having 20, 25% equity in all my properties. Cause then I know if crap hits the fan and we're in a bad market and let's say I have like whatever personal life, you know, life event, and I need to liquidate. I know that I at least can sell and not pull money out of my pocket so I can sell my places, you know? And that's what happened to a lot of people, obviously, you know, in 08. But um, honestly, exactly what you said is kind of what I'm doing. Like I stopped, When I realized that I was wasting my time in Florida was when basically I spent eight months trying to find a deal. And the last deal I bought in Florida was February of 2017. Yeah, 2017. And it wasn't even that great of a deal. I got it on the MLS and the way I got it was because, uh, and a friend of mine, uh, no February of uh, 2017. The reason I got this and there's an approach that uh, one of my uh, investor buddies always talks about. He's like, when it comes to the MLS, you have two options. He's like, you need to be first and aggressive or you need to find stuff that's been sitting for, you know, more than six months, more than a year and negotiate the living hell out of
0: it. And, and be able to do something different that nobody else sees. That's,
1: exactly. You know. Yeah. Get creative. You know, whatever, whatever. it could be anything from doing, you know, seller financing, carry back, you know, whatever, you know, just get creative. Um, but the deal I got, honestly, the reason I even grabbed it was I still had a, uh, a W-2 job back then. Yep. <laughs> so it, was, it was like the TLS. So so I used to I used to uh, do financial systems. I was basically like an admin uh, for financial reporting software. And nice. I was working as a consultant. And the only reason I stayed on so long is because basically I got to work from home. My hours were somewhat flexible. So it allowed me to be a full-time real estate investor while I had a day job. It was like the greatest thing ever.
0: It, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So
1: I'm like, you know what? Let me book one more, you know, Traditional loan while I still have the W 2 because you know how the banks are no W 2, no love. <laughs> I so, know. I got this deal it's been and,
0: five years for me since I had a W 2, so I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna like, be creative.
1: I'm like, you know, two and a half years in now, and it's just like crap. I was like, but the funny part is, you know, the private money now is almost as cheap as the bank. It's crazy,
0: it's, it's nuts.
1: It's so, so anyway, long story short, I grabbed that deal, um, and I was first and aggressive. I mean, I came into it, I literally looked at it and made an offer like an hour into it being on the MLS yep. and my offer was like eight grand below three other offers yep. but all the other ones were FHA three and a half percent down the lady was you know it was, an, it was like a, a retired older woman she was moving back to like Missouri or something and I you know and I went directly to the seller agent you know which whatever I'm not going to get into that but I think always helps yeah <laughs> oh yeah um but hey, anyway, you can uh, you can have the commission. You can- yeah, it's like yeah, hey, you don't have to split. So and this no. is before I had and this is before I had my license. So I mean, okay. um, you know, obviously I have my license now, so different I'll story. Skip both
0: sides. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, and my and I was solid. Like I was putting 25 percent down. Like I was already like pre-approved. You know, not even pre-qualified. I was pre-approved. Like I was good to go. It was like if you took my deal, you knew it was going through. Right. So they ended up going with me and, uh, you know, I got it, which was great because literally the neighboring unit sold, it closed a week before mine <laughs> and it closed for five grand more than mine and mine had a brand new roof on it. <laughs> yep. There's, so that's you got like, yeah, but I mean, I don't want to make it sound like it was an awesome deal because honestly, like cash on cash return, it was just below my threshold. So right. oh my God, I just spent eight months finding something that I'm not even excited about. Like it's time to look elsewhere. It's you like know? whatever. It's a whatever deal. Exactly. It was was mainly, let me just get the loan while I have the W2. So um, that's when basically I started going from acquisition mode in Florida to considering selling. I stayed in just hold mode and then started exploring more off-market deals, started exploring other areas. Um, For a while, I was actually looking at uh, a big, um, I don't want to call it a mobile mobile, uh, home deal because it was basically scattered site manufactured homes but i was looking at this big deal in south carolina for a while it didn't come it didn't end up coming to fruition and then you know i stumbled into massachusetts with my buddy and um i gotta be honest with you most of the stuff that i'm looking at in massachusetts it's either foreclosures auctions and also mls but that's also because you know i'm looking in areas that an hour and a half away from boston you know it's more rural it's more you know the population never changes. It is what it is. The prices never really change. Right. You buy for cash flow because you know basically you're gonna whatever you buy there you're pretty much holding for the rest of your life. Yeah. Fine.
0: And you that know? that makes sense. That's the same market we operate in now. Yeah. Like I'm an hour south of Boston, and your buddy's an hour and a half west of Boston. Yeah. It's the same concept. Look, the market. We don't really want appreciation here. Like everybody's like, yeah. oh. What's, I'll talk to Boston all the time, right? So, like, I go up. Like tonight, I'll be in Dedham. I'll be promoting the book,
1: right? Boom, promoting the book. Hey, where's mine? I gotta grab a copy of my book. I forgot to flash it.
0: You gotta bring your book in, right? I gotta gotta find
1: my book. Virtual authors, get it. Come on. Bookcases in the other room. Damn it. Come on, man. Not prepared. See, this. I'm so bad at the social stuff. Social media. All
0: right. So, what's the name of your book? How do people find it? Because I'm plugging mine. We'll plug yours.
1: So it's funny though. Like, I mean, that's part of also, and I, I mean, I see it with you. I mean you know, it's part of our real estate uh, and just our investing passion, you know, is that that just sharing our knowledge and it's just like, you know, you wrote your book recently and, you know, and I, and I see some of the books you got in the background. I see four hour work week showing over, yeah, you know? over there. Right? I know it's like, I got to put my, I got to put, I have, I actually keep my bookcase uh, in like the, in like the, uh, in like the living area. I just, I was like, I gotta put this thing in my office so people see all my books.
0: Yeah, man. Like <laughs> um, that's bragging rights.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And four hour work week, you know, classic. Um, yep. But uh, so yeah, just like you, it's just like, I love sharing what I know. So, yeah. I've always had this super risk adverse um, approach to investing um, almost to my detriment. Like I don't, I'm not as aggressive when I, as I should be, but at the same time, I'm proud to say I've never lost money on on a real estate deal because I probably pass up deals that are even remotely risky and yeah, it's slow, but you know, I guess I'm the turtle, you know, as opposed to the air and slow and steady wins the race. So uh, yeah, I started this brand called scaredy cat guide, you know, scaredy cat guide to investing in real estate, you know, I've done everything. It's a scaredy cat guide to investing in Bitcoin, you know, anything I have knowledge on. So yeah, I wrote a book, scaredy cat guide to investing in rental properties. uh, You know, published it a couple of years ago. It's on Amazon. And um, it's really a newbie book. And it just basically takes people through not only the process of, you know, the basics of buying and selling, because I mean, if you've never done it before, you don't know what to expect at closing. I didn't, you know, and, and I relied on my real estate agent and, and, and and the title company and my, and my uh, mortgage broker. And guess what? It all, like they literally left me like, yeah. like, my real estate agent disappeared the day of closing. Yep. the title company like dropped the ball. we almost yep. didn 't close the seller's agent ended up like being like Superman bringing it all together, and like i 'm sitting at the closing table. I know nothing about real estate, and it 's like me, and that 's yeah. it i 'm like, where's my representation like and that was when I'm like, this is ridiculous, and that's actually what prompted me to write the book i 'm like, I never want anyone to feel like I feel today like yeah. it' was the first property I ever bought. it should be the proud- proudest day of my life, and instead I was furious. Yep. Um, so that's what actually kind of like sparked me writing the book. And, um, you know, not only do I talk about the basics, but then I get into like how to correctly analyze a property because people are always like, Oh, you know, you know how it is. A lot of real estate agents that don't really know. They're like, Oh yeah, I got a 10 cap for you. And then <laughs> I run the numbers. And I'm like, guy, this is like a five because yeah. they don't factor in vacancy. They don't factor in maintenance. They don't factor in reserves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, so, um, I just like, I don't, like people i just don't like seeing people do dumb stuff in a way when it comes to finances it's just it's my thing like everyone's got their thing so um you know the book the book focuses heavily on not only the basics but like here's how you correctly analyze a property like here's how you use a calculator and here is why using it's so important because it takes the emotions out of it right Like that's what it did for me follow the numbers and then you don't let your heart get involved follow the numbers you know and then if it gives you the if it gives you the green light then then you push forward if it doesn't give you the green light then next you know what i mean and yeah. you got to decide it's like what's your minimum cash on cash you're willing to you know you're willing to receive because yeah. everyone's different like it's like are you investing for cash flow are you investing for appreciation are you investing for just the tax benefits or are you investing for principal pay down you know for me my favorite is principal pay down like i want my cash on cash return but right. in the end i'm investing where i have equity in a property and then my tenants paying down that mortgage and i know I'm building wealth. So 15, 20 years from now, I'm going to have whatever it is net worth, you know? And it's so simple to have a million dollar net worth. You can do it with four properties.
0: Right. Um,
1: yeah, I did a, and I'm, th- you know, and property. that's like, yeah. And that's like single family homes.
0: I mentioned it in the book.
1: Boom. There you it. go. See? <laughs> and we're talking only a quarter million. You can do that with one house. Mm-hmm. One house. It's true. So, but um, yeah. So, I mean, My investment approach pretty much is the same as what I, you know, I put in the book. And, you know, obviously I've expanded and got more aggressive as I've gotten more comfortable. Yeah. But that's, it goes with the territory. It's like, you only know what you know when you know it. You know, I look back and say, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. But you know what? I wasn't comfortable doing that back then, you know? And it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me.
0: And have you gotten more aggressive or have you just opened up your sphere of knowledge but you're still going through the same precautions same like awareness you're not like you're not aggressive to yourself the way you look at it is none of this is a risk right I know the numbers I know what I'm doing and I'm jumping in to other people it's a larger perceived risk but for you it's it's just calculated, it's just numbers you've done it so many times that it's not an issue
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, when you get so used to it and I know you can probably do it, it's just like you see some quick numbers and in your head, you already have an idea whether it'll work or not before you really even dig down into it. Yeah, And uh, it can get frustrating though, because, you know, especially now with the price points, I mean, you're looking at so many properties, you're putting in offers and you're not getting many because there are people overpaying and I'm, and it's cool. Like that's one, one great thing about my partner. Like he's just like, listen, man. He's like, I trust your numbers. He's just like, I don't want to get caught. He's just like, yeah. whatever he's like let other people overpay he's like you know they'll come to us and it's happening because case in point i actually got an email today from a realtor uh we're working with in the area and it was a little tiny single family house we like put in all it was such a cheapie i'm like let's just grab this thing yeah. and they were asking 80k for it and i made a cash flow over 60 uh 65 because it doesn't need much work at all i mean it probably needs like 5k of work and we can and, and we can rent it out and the cash flow will be good and they got a full price offer for, you know, for a financed offer, all that good stuff. And I was just like, that's fine. And I told my partner and the agent, I'm like, I'm willing to bet you guys whatever you want in the next 30 days, you're going to hear from that agent that the financing fell through and they're going to see if we're still interested because nice. like, I'm like, how is this even financeable? Like the utilities weren't on, like, like there was like, even though it wasn't major work done, there was certain work that needed to get done where a bank is going to give a loan. Like I just was positive. And that's just from experience yep. and sure, sure is, you know. I was this morning. I get an email. Looks like the financing's falling through on that house. So you guys can run it, <laughs> run it. And I'm just like, listen. If it falls apart, yeah, I, I was, I was, almost, I was almost thinking about like offering 5K less than my original offer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll take it, but it's got to be less this time.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I got money tied up in other deals now. I mean, nope. I can only. <laughs> Man, so that's Mitchell, a little cheap yeah
0: i try to keep these down uh, to 30 minutes i think we're, we're about to hit that in two minutes
1: oh um, my bad yeah you know, I said, like, I we're having it. fun stories. <laughs> and like
0: you're engaging like the stuff you've done is fascinating i think it's um it's great to see somebody in florida still investing up here i talked to mitch durfee sometimes and
1: it's funny the time, that you've become right? close with him yeah no mitch is my boy i met him uh about a year ago, he actually came, I spoke at a, uh, at a RIA and he happened to be yeah. at it like as, as like, you know, in the audience and we just kind of hit it off.
0: And he, he's do he's in Florida now. He's from up here, he's, yeah. you know, in yeah. Vermont doing multis, but then he went down to Florida and I, I visited him around 10 X and I asked him, I was like, so what are you doing down here? Like there's all single families. How do you, how do you invest? And he's like, yeah, you don't like, <laughs> he's like, we flip. like we flip yeah. down here. Yeah. Because I got to find some place to put the cash flow, and he's—I think he's just bought a tenure in North Carolina.
1: There's yeah, this. yeah, yeah. I talked to him about it actually. Uh, I was trying to see if I could get in on it with him because at one right? point, <laughs> at one point, he was looking like he might need a partner. Uh, this is a while back. It was like when he first looked at it, but yeah, he's uh, he's doing his thing. I mean, he's got a flip here in West Palm. Um, you know, he lives pretty much right up the road from me, and uh, he's uh, he's trying to keep busy with all the flips. Hell yeah!
0: So in the next thirty seconds or, or minute what is your biggest advice you give to people and how can they find your book and um just run it man what what's the way they can find you all right yourself?
1: so i mean first thing is in terms of when it comes to investing i mean the biggest thing someone needs to do is decide why they're investing are they de- investing for cash flow appreciation tax write-offs or, or, or principal pay down or maybe a uh, multiple of them and then also it's just like Pick a market, know the market, and then invest there. Don't go chasing around everywhere. Find the market, be the master of that market. Um, And then as far as uh, where to find me, I have obviously uh, my website, uh, scaredycatguide.com. You can find a bunch of real estate information on there, as well as cryptocurrency information. I do a weekly real estate blog. Um, You can get, I have my property calculator. I talked about that I use. You can find it on the site. It's free to use. People can use it all they want. Um, Yeah, yeah, so... I love uh, creating resources. Uh, and then also, obviously, I have a Facebook page, Scaredy Cat Guide. Um, and then, you know, if you just go uh, onto the website, you can find, like, uh, you know, the email to contact me and all that good stuff. And I uh, love talking real estate. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, have you on uh, my show. I'll do a real estate segment for my radio show. I do real estate sometimes. I'll have You're you on have you something.
0: Hell yeah, man. We gotta do a deal together. My numbers are better than Worcester, so far it was a little cheaper. The cash.
1: Uh, I bet they are. So yeah, no. When I first contacted you, I was kind of sad you were like, "It's uh, in southern Massachusetts." I'm like, "Ah oh, man, I was hoping to be more in my area." <laughs>
0: my numbers are better, man. I'd hit Worcester, <laughs> fuck if, if it made sense.
1: <laughs> I'm down. We could do some. I mean, listen, my partner's willing to travel, so I mean, yeah. I could even come down because he does a lot of the work um, uh, on our stuff, which is part of the value add, like you know, all the finishing work I have him do, but then also. Uh, you know, he kind of just GCs it in a way. Um, but yeah, man, we'll, 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 talk more.
0: Good stuff, brother. Guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. When you have a choice, I always work with the best and, uh, you got to get one of these wristbands, right? Let's say I am an
1: alchemist. Boom.
0: You hit the website, find out how to get them right there. Walter and And what is it? Scaredy cat? Uh, scaredy cat guide. guide.
1: Yeah. Scaredy cat guide. guide. Yeah, and you books on Amazon as well. Yeah. You can find it on Amazon. Yep. That's it, guys. Go buy some books. Boom. There people. it is. Get that knowledge.
0: <laughs> when you were a choice, always work with the best. Hell yeah. Right, Mitchell, good seeing you, man.
1: All right, good seeing you, bro. Be good.
0: You too.